How do you move the needle in 2021? That's the topic for today. We've got rock star author, speaker Joe Sweeney in the house with us. We're going to talk about how to move the needle in 2021. We're going to talk about how to uh, get clear, get free, and get going in your business. I'll be right back with you. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. Joe Sweeney's in the house. Hey, Joe, Joe, how are we doing? Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. We are, look at Jamie's already on here saying she's excited for the podcast. We are going to do a hard, fast hitting 30 minutes here on giving people some insight on how to create their winning game plan for 2021. How do they move the needle in 2021? But real quick, for those of you, I'll let Joe maybe do a little intro of himself and he could talk a little bit about people he's helped, but 35 plus years now blending you, what you call your love of business and passion for sports. And I see a lot of those themes into your books. You're the author of the New York Times bestselling book, a book that I recommend in all my programs. Networking is a contact sport. I think that is one of the top networking books. That one, along with our friend Harvey McKay's Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty are, some of my, are two of my favorite books. And I think I, think I recommend your book more than any other book to my students, Joe. So I'm thrilled to have you here, but you also followed it up with Moving the Needle, which is a book that should be on all every entrepreneur's bookshelf. And then a couple of books to follow that are also just profound, game-changing books, but very different from each other. Um, and I know you've helped, you know, Fortune 500 companies all the way to the Navy SEALs, but maybe a little quick background backstory and maybe how you came up with this Moving the Needle, Get Clear, uh, get free and get going system that we're going to touch on today. Okay, Joe, without boring your uh, your listeners with too many details, um, you're right. I've been really blessed the last 40 years to have an opportunity to combine my love of business with my passion in sports. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago, I sat down and finally got quiet in my life, did some reflection And I tried to write a book to um, really explain to my four kids all the goofy things their dad did. So I wrote Networking as a Contact Sport. Um, I'm not a writer, not a speaker, but I uh, worked pretty hard to market it. And it made the New York Times bestseller list. So everyone thought I knew what the hell I was talking about. So I got asked to go on the road, did some talks. And um, probably after 100 talks, I kept listening to people say, could you come in and really help us move the needle? Which... um, I ended up coming up with uh, Moving the Needle, which is really, I think, my favorite book in that I do a lot of things, but my number one passion in life, Joe, is human behavior. I love figuring out what makes people tick. Why do people do the things they do in life? And so I probably put together and read 2,000 books on human performance and human behavior. And so I put a lot of it into this book, Moving the Needle, And I think all of us in our lives want to figure out how to move the needle. And there's three things that stop us that we can dig into. It's an inability to get clear, an inability to get free. And sometimes we just need some tools to um, um, help help us get going. So um, that's why I called it um, moving the needle, get clear, get free and get going in your career, business and life. Well, it's it's a it's a template. You know, the book is a t- is multiple templates 
for each area. And I know you hit on it earlier and I got some questions I'd like to go through real quick with you. You talk about, you just said it, that you spent some time getting quiet and you talk about getting quiet and listening, um, not just to others, but to yourself. But let's, what do you mean by that? And what, what did you do that really uniquely um, made this a part of your life? Um, see, I think <laughs> the number one challenge we all have, and I'm guilty of it, is most of us don't take the opportunity to get quiet. And I think the name or the main reason is this thing, our cell phones. And somehow, Joe, we've we've created this um, this sense of status as this thing called being busy. Joe, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy, Joe. I'm, what are we really saying? Look how freaking important I am, Joe. I am so important because I'm so busy. So we're obsessed with this busyness. As long as we're busy, we're really doing good things. What I found is most of us are, we have this thing called being lazy or ineffectively busy. And I think when you get really quiet, that. Um, when you get really quiet, Joe, here's what happens. <clears throat> you don't like a lot of the stuff that bubbles up when you get quiet. So what most of us do is we push it back down and we don't even listen. It reminds me of looking at a pond. When you see a pond and the wind's blowing and the waves are going, you can't see the bottom. But when the when the water calms, you can look in the pond and you might see a can of Coke or a, a bicycle tire and you go, oh, I don't like that. And so I think that's a good visual for ourselves. When we get quiet, we may not like what we see. So what do most of us do? We put a Band-Aid on it. We take a couple of vodkas, makes us feel a little bit better. But I think to really dig deep when you get quiet, you find out what's working in your life, what's not working. And to really make changes is really hard. And, and so I did it. And so I, I put it in this book, a lot of the things that I came up with, moving the needle. And I can write this because there are times in my life I haven't been clear. I didn't know how to get free. And yeah. I searched really hard to get the tools to get going. So I've taken the best of the best that I've learned in the last 40 years and tried to put this in the book. And part of my life's mission, which you and I just shared with your mastermind group, is really share this with the world with as many people before I transition into the next life. Joe, you make a distinction between... Um and, and I, first of all, I appreciate that visual of the, the water on the pond. I'm going to steal that, borrow it. Just repackage it. Joe. Just repackage that and market it. Um, you talk about um, a difference and a distinction between motivation and inspiration or motivation and a deeper purpose. Um, can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah. People have kind of joked and I'm from Wisconsin and we had a, a great motivational speaker here by the name of, Matt Foley from Saturday Night Live, Chris Farley. Oh, yeah. The motivational speaker. So that's kind of the joke. I don't believe in motivation. I really don't. I, I don't for two reasons. Number one, the definition of motivation is really to get people to do things they don't like to do. So if you do a good job of motivating someone, you're just getting people to do things they don't like to do a little bit better. The other thing, the problem with um, Great motivation it's short-lived. It's kind of like cotton candy. Makes you feel good for a couple hours and you go back and do all the same stupid things. But I believe, and we talked about this down in uh, St. Petersburg, Tampa with your crew, every single one of us has something that's bubbling up in, inside us. And it's your job, Joe, and my job, given our missions in life, to figure out how to bring that up. 
It's like a um, 16-year-old kid that's a great runner. Not that you know anything about this, but you've got a 16-year-old that's a phenomenal runner. He's kind of found something that inspires him. And part of the role of you as a father is you're, you're helping him bring that up and manifesting that every day in his life. Yeah. And quite honestly, he's teaching me almost more than I'm teaching him and learning from that. He's number one ranked junior in the nation right now. Yeah. So, um, so and, he, and he's teaching me about that inspiration over motivation, but your concept about people aren't your, when you're motivating someone, you're getting them to do something they don't want to do. <laughs> how does someone then find their own motives or their own inspiration to drive direction in their life? I think it gets back to what we just talked about. Number one, we got to figure out how to get quiet. And if you can't figure that out, <clears throat> I can't figure it out for you. The one pushback I get always, Joe, on this, and some of your people mentioned it so that uh, when I spoke to your group, is they said, Joe, I'm really busy. I don't have 10 minutes in the day for myself <laughs> and, and to improve my life. And I'd say, if you don't have 10 minutes in a day to improve your life, then you don't have a freaking life. And I get it, but we're all in different seasons. And Joe, you've got... Um, a bundle of kids. You got nine kids. So if anyone has an excuse not to get quiet, it's you. And yet I know every morning and every evening, you and your lovely wife take time to kind of uh, set the intentions for the day and you recalibrate at the end of the day. So the number one thing to find that inspiration, I think you got to get quiet. And when you've got tons of noise going on up there, that's really hard to uh, get clear uh, and then figure out what your next path if you can't learn to get quiet. Yeah, you can call it meditation or private time or whatever you want to call it. But I, I literally, um, I have it blocked out um, in my life and my calendar in, in the mornings. Um, you know, I grab a, I'll grab a cup of coffee sometimes and sit in the morning room while my son's having breakfast and, and doing their thing in the, in the, the kitchen area where I can see them from the morning room. I'm basically in the same room with them. And I used to like grab my laptop right away, grab my, my iPhone right away. And you're scrolling through like, oh, I, who emailed me you know, between last night when I checked and this morning. Um, I completely cut that out um, over the last few months. And even like this morning, I just got up and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to read a book yet. I'm not even going to open the Because now the routine really starts with the book um, and some time for myself. But it starts even before that, which is. I just want to appreciate the fact that I'm healthy enough to get up and wake up with my children and sit there and enjoy them being them and noticing the nuances that they have and just being quiet. And it's quiet time for me because a lot of the house isn't up when my two-year-old's up with me. Um, and then Lene comes down and she'll join me for the, for the same kind of ritual. But I really cherish that time. But Joe, think about this. This is you and me talking here. But if you really study history, the people who have done the greatest things in life were usually followed by a period of quiet and isolation. Think of um, all the things Gandhi did. Think of Nelson Mandela. 19 years uncle, he was quiet. I think of a lot of the prisoner of war. Um, um, think of all those people, how they come out. Victor Frankl spent time in a concentration camp. John McCain in a, a POW camp. And even think of Jesus Christ. He spent 40 days in a desert getting getting quiet. When, when If you look at people who've done great things throughout history, it's usually been preceded by a time of quietness. And that's maybe a template for each of our days. How can we get quiet? And people say, what do you do to get quiet? 
Well, some people pray, some people meditate, some people listen to music, some people walk in nature. It's not for you and I, Joe, to tell people what to do because we all have our own thing that works for us. And, and the other thing about this that I get, and it's a lot of people in your group, Joe, are in the second quarter of life. They're raising kids. They're trying to build a career. They're trying to network in their community. Most people I say this to say, Joe, I don't have time to go to the bathroom, let alone get quiet. Um, and the challenge with that during the busy time of your life, in let's say your 30s and 40s, if you don't get quiet, what I've noticed is people in their 50s hit a lot of sharp points in life. And a lot of it is not from taking that those few minutes every day in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. And, and then they, 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 I get enough reminders. My, my father-in-law comes over a lot and he makes little comments like, you know, um, Hey, it goes by fast, Joe, you know, we make a comment about the kids and he's, he, he realizes how he was so busy, wasn't home working when the kids, you know, were younger, my wife and, and their siblings. And he has such an appreciation now, but he's now in his sixties reflecting back, but giving us that blessing of reminders constantly that, you're going to look back and wish you had this moment, uh, you know, frozen in time. And, uh, and it doesn't, it just goes by. So I, and I, I was purposely starting like this because I think people have to slow down before they speed up. People are going into 2021 saying, how do I plan? Um, they're trying to make year long plans, um, or setting their goals and intentions for 2021. You have an interesting approach to, um, planning, get, you know, pl planning out a, what you call a winning game plan, but you, um, you evaluate uh, with really these five different areas, the business, personal, family, health, and financial areas of the life of your life. And you um, reinforce in your materials to plan your day first. Let's start with planning your day. What, what should your day look like? What should your week look like? And then moving uh, into a year. Can you talk a little bit about how people should look at creating a winning action plan? We've got an incredible free gift for everybody, free download for everybody here. If they stick with us. Um, towards the end, but, and I know we got a couple questions coming in. Doug wing just joined us. Hey, Hey Doug, um, we're all, we all need a wingman and he is a, he's a wingman as well. Um, but how, how do, how do people plan and get ready and set them out, set, set themselves up for success in 2021? Okay. First of all, that's a great question, Joe, and I'm trying to answer it as concisely as I can, but I think first I want to address something. Um, the last month I've got, I've done five retreats. And I start every retreat asking people their greatest challenges. <clears throat> and what I hear from most people, Joe, is, boy, I can't wait for 2020 to get over. What just an absolute hell year we've had. So I, I always start by this. I say, you know what? You need to reflect on this. 2020, despite its challenges, might have been the best year of our life because we've been forced with COVID to slow down, to get quiet to really reflect. And, and I think many of us have overcome and dealt with those challenges. And I think 2020 forced us to grow exponentially. And so I don't want people to take this for granted. And Wayne Dyer said this, when you change the way you look at things, the, change you, the, the things you look at change. And I think 2020 is a perfect example. And I think that the best thing I ever heard about 2020 is this is, the, this is um, not the year we got everything we wanted, but we learned to appreciate the things that we do have. So as that is a foundation and template, <laughs> you start saying, 
what do I do moving into 2021? And I explain all this, you know, you say, how do you create an ideal day? Um, what I do is I, I always start the night before I walk through the day and, and I ask myself several questions, but I walk through that, that when I get up in the morning, I'm ready to hit the ground running. And, and again, it's different for everybody, but here's one of the things I've learned uh, after 60 years on this earth. As we get older, we get uh, rusty, we get sloppy. And I think if there's anything I can tell anyone, whether they're young entrepreneurs, but as we grow and develop, if you don't become, this word is so critical, intentional about our lives, whether it's our relationships, our work, our family, our health, if we don't become intentional, things kind of just start drifting and many times they fall apart. One of the books I've reread, Joe, the last couple of years is The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. Mm. In the book, he talks about this. Some guy goes bankrupt and someone says, how did you go bankrupt? And he says two ways, gradually and all of a sudden. It's the same with everything in life. Joe, if you put on... 40 pounds, people say, you don't wake up one day and just say, God, it's gradually, but then all of a sudden you're 40 pounds heavier. Yeah. You just drink those two extra beers and have one chocolate bonbon, not a lot, but you do it every day. And if you really look at just two beers a day, just two, and you drink just two beers a day, that's 110,000 extra calories a year. That's about six to eight extra pounds. You do that for five years, you put on 40 pounds. Yeah. I just read a statistic yesterday, Joe. 47% of Americans are obese and overweight. And technically, that's 20 pounds. Half America is overweight. How did that happen? You can't blame it all on COVID, but it's happened gradually, then all of a sudden. It's true with growing your business. I've watched what you've done, Joe, for 10 years. How did you get to uh, the place you did today? Two ways, gradually, then all of a sudden. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. And I, and I, I know, um, everyone can relate to this right now. And I know there's people on here. They, sometimes they just want, they want tactics, like, but give me the actual tactics. If you listen carefully, he is, um, Joe is very intentional about how he plans his day, how he reflects on his day. Um, you talk about managing paradoxes and I think this is pretty unique because most people don't know how to go about looking at it this way. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by managing paradoxes? Yeah. Joe, here's the thing. When you hear speakers, you're a speaker, I'm a speaker, but it sort of turns my guts when people come up there and say, hello, everybody. Here are your 10 steps to success. Work hard, love your family. <laughs> you kind of, you hear it a thousand times. Yeah. But I, my background's primarily business the last 35 years. And here's the number one thing I learned. Things in life are not an either or. It's not black and white. It's really success in business is really about managing the tension of the paradox. And people say, what's that mean? That's heavy stuff. A paradox is where we have two conflicting things happening at the same time. And how do you balance that? How do you make that work? And people say, oh, give me an example. Let's say, Joe, in, in your business, you, you have a staff meeting and you say, you know, God, we've got to cut costs, but I want you all to become very innovative this year. But we're on a limited budget. We're going to have to cut. And I'm working for you. I say, hold, hold, hold on, Jojo. Um, you want me to be innovative and then cut costs? Joe, innovation costs money. 
So I'll either be innovative or I'll cut costs, but I can't do both. And I know you're a strong leader. You say, hey, guys, that's BS. I want you to take this from an either or to a both and. I want you to cut costs and be innovative. And so how do you do that? Show me the how. And so I've studied thousands of companies and people, highly successful people in the military, the sports world, the business world. I don't think most of us have the strength um, to hold together the tension of the paradox alone. That's why we talked about, Joe, in Florida, about having wingmen and wingwomen to help watch our backs. Yeah. And when you can really get together with a solid group and present challenges or paradoxes, together we can work together and mention or, or um, manage the tension of our paradoxes in anything in life. Hey, I love to eat, but I want to lose weight. How do, how do you do that? Um, you need a weight release coach. You know any good ones, Joe? <laughs> yes, yes. Weight release. <laughs> I've, I've released almost three pounds since I last saw you, which wasn't very long ago, and that's a lot for me. <clears throat> and I like changing, more, changing the frame to uh, release instead of weight loss. I thought that was brilliant. We don't have time to get into all that today. But I know I, I love what you just said about um, people tend to want step-by-step plans. They tend to focus on things like, you know, how do I how do I advertise in 2021? I saw someone brought up. And the truth is, you know, s- slowing down and being intentional about how you spend your time also can answer those questions, which is maybe you shouldn't be the one advertising for your business, but finding partners, finding wingmen that will affiliate market with you and JV or joint venture with you. We've had a joint venture uh, expert on here and finding, uh, and so sometimes the question has to change that we ask ourselves and you find people just don't ask themselves the right questions to get to the right answers, Joe. Yeah. Here's what happens with, um, and here's another reflection I have um, growing older is I used to thought it was so important to have all the answers, Joe. Now I realize it's 10 times more important to be able to ask the right questions than to have all the answers. You know, and just, just think about this. And and we've talked about this a lot, Joe, I've been doing a lot of research on how the subconscious mind works and anything you ask yourself, and you get quiet, your subconscious will find an answer. So just for example, Joe, you ask yourself what I consider a bad question. How come I'm such a fat pig? How come I'm just a fat pig? And if you ask yourself that question, you'll find an answer. We'll give you an answer. Hey, maybe yeah. you eat too much. Maybe you don't exercise. Maybe you sit on your ass way too, you know, whatever it is. But if you ask yourself a question, and I saw something on the screen, how can I... Um, advertise in 2020 to get maximum results on a limited budget. You just said that you just answered it. Maybe we joint venture. One of the greatest ways of advertising is not to talk about yourself, but to have other people promote you. No, you just hit it. you bring wing women, wing men into your inner circle that are well-connected that can tell the markets that, um, that you serve how good your service is. Yeah. Ken Wallace says, how come I'm such a sexy beast? <laughs> he writes, <laughs> you know, that's a much better question, Ken. That's a much better question for you. Ken, because you're a lean, mean, fighting machine. That's how. You know, Ken asked earlier, he says, uh, Joe, I, Joe doesn't even return. Um, Joe's so busy, he doesn't even return a text, which actually proves a point because I won't allow myself 
to to be out. And I know he just texted me less than two hours ago. So the expectation of people, and Ken knows I love him, so I can talk about this openly, is that you should be responsive within a that time frame almost. Where it's, where it's like I just text you, should you should be responding right now? And I I used to do that. I used to try to be on top of all the texts and stuff. But the problem is then that became a distraction throughout my day. So now I'll you know I respond you know, in, in, in the, in the beginning. And at the end of the day, usually I check email much less than I ever checked it before. I check it between two and three times a day. And I know people who are checking their email every 10 minutes. Um, so I had to learn how to manage. I can't believe that Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on one second. I, I, um, and it, it does come back to bite me sometimes because Joe, people want faster response. We do. It's, it's so it's tough to balance. There's the paradox. How do I provide great customer service but respond on my own time. And that is managing that tension of that paradox is something that I'm intentionally trying to do with that. It's not easy because sometimes by the time I do respond, I'm like, Oh my gosh, they deserve to respond sooner than when I'm giving it to them. Um, But I had to prioritize it in my, in the scheme of what I was working on. And what I've watched you do, Joe, you do a great job of, um, of bookending your days, but you also set up boundaries. A lot of us don't have boundaries with our time, with our talents, and we're just all over the place. You've got uh, commitments in the morning um, and all day, but you block your time. I've seen your schedule of when you get back to people. And somehow, and I don't buy this, that if we don't respond to people within 37 seconds, something's (laughs) wrong with us. Yeah. And I I keep saying that this instant gratification in today's time isn't fast enough. That's right. (laughs) Ken says, if uh, if I need an area, go knock on his door. That's true. That's true. Come knock on the door. I, I, um, I always tell people, you train people how to treat you. Um, and that's true for clients. It's true for, you know, your children and, and, uh, in relationships by responding, you know, I used to be the guy who responded to clients all throughout the evenings. And I'd be in the middle of a conversation with my wife at dinner even, and be like, okay, and I got I'm responding to a client. And finally, this was back in 2012. Luckily, I really started figuring this out. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm taking away from valuable time with my wife to respond because I think I have to be a good client service person. When I could have set the expectations and made the parameters known with the client ahead of time that this is my off limit time. So now with clients, I tell them after four o'clock is very tough to get me because four o'clock is the kids are out of school and I'm trying to be wrapped up for the day by four every day. So I can spend time with the kids, have that time until they go to bed. And then the rest of the time is with my wife and we may or may not choose to do some work and catch up work, but we're doing it together. I noticed, you know, if she's not on her laptop, I'm not going to be my laptop. So I, uh, I really hope people, yeah, Joe, Joe Escobar says uh, digital minimalism, uh, minimalism by Cal Newport. Great uh, book that talks a little bit about, about this deeper. Joe, real quick, if there's a book you would recommend to people that they should own in addition to, your four books, and I think people should have all four of your books on your bookshelf. Start with networking as a contact sport and moving the needle. I, but I think I, depending on what stages you are in your life, your two newer books, um, which you're welcome to talk about as well, should also be on people's bookshelves. We have a quick um, giveaway. We're running out of time here, but what's a book that people should read that they probably haven't? Maybe a book that you you know of that you find most people haven't read this book. And in the meantime, I'm going to share with everybody. Um, that in addition to going to joesweeney.com to learning more about Joe, you can also go to, um, I'm going to pull that off. Sorry. 
uh, Bruce. We got Bruce helping us out. Um, go to joewinning.com and you can download his uh, winning game plan template, um, which I'm holding here. Um, and it's actually several pages, but there's some exercises, some questions to prompt you there and a template for creating your winning game plan and how he breaks it down into five areas of your life. Go download that. It's 100% for free. There's nothing for sale there. It's just download it, grab the PDF, um, and maybe connect with Joe on LinkedIn. Go to his website, joeswinney.com. All the links will be in there. Joe, leave us with a great go-to maybe book or uh, action item for everyone. Um, the, the number one book I, that hit me over the last 10 years, because I'm a guy, I, I kind of say I GSD, get stuff done. Some people say get shit done. Gittermer would say get shit done. Yeah. Um, but I'm into really um, trying to make things happen. There's a word for that called manifestation. And one of the best books I read in that area is by Wayne Dyer called Wishes Fulfilled. And it's one, um, the book can be described in a really one sentence. Make your future dream a present fact by assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And it's it will show you and it'll go through how to manifest whatever it is you want in your life. A good income, a good job, a good spouse, whatever it is, that had a big impact on me and I use it every day in my life. Awesome. Great recommendation. I'm a huge fan. I've I've listened to his that book on audio and um, absolutely love it. And I have several of his books in my library, honestly, because largely because of you, um, I've, I've gotten back and, and ordered some additional books that you've recommended. And I really appreciate you doing that. Joe, Don says, uh, a pair of Joe's great to see you guys. Great to see you, Don. Appreciate everyone getting on here. Um, why don't you do, do us a favor, go in into the comments and share a key takeaway you got from today's episode. Um, with everyone. And if you're listening to us on a podcast, then in the show notes, we'll have the links for you to be able to go get the downloads. So check the show notes and for links directly to connect and network with Joe. Joe Sweeney, thank you so much. Much appreciate everyone. I hope to see everyone here on the next episode. Uh, as you can tell, Joe is not your average Joe. And I'm so happy that he came on here and shared his great wisdom. Goodbye, everyone. Great seeing you, Joe. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe Show with international business mentor Joe Soto.